Welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello everyone, today we are covering a very important topic and that is infertility. I am introducing you to an extraordinary woman named Megan Smalley. She is a mom of three miracle boys and she's releasing her first book, Give Grace. At 27, Megan was told IVF would be her only chance to have a biological baby. And then tragically, after her first round, Megan did not become pregnant after transferring their only three embryos. And not to mention, their savings was completely spent, and I'm sure many of you who have struggled with infertility can identify. Two years later, she started a store, an online clothing store, Scarlet and Gold, and that helped them to raise more money for another round of IVF, and you'll have to listen in to find out the surprise they got with that round. Infertility is such a harrowing journey for so many women who set out to become parents biologically, and she is so vulnerable in this episode all about her journey, what she has learned, how her motherhood has been impacted, raising her now kids, and it is just so remarkable. If this is a journey that you've been on as well, I really urge you to check out her book as well. So let's get to it with Megan Smalley. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Megan Smalley today. Hi, Megan. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. Where am I speaking to you from? I live in Auburn, Alabama. That is so awesome. I spoke to somebody, let's see, in Birmingham, Alabama yesterday and Mobile. So we've got lots of Alabama blood this week. (laughs) It's a good place. I'm not from here originally. I'm from Houston, Texas. And Went to Auburn, met my husband here, and we stayed. So that's awesome. I live ten hours away from my family, but it's Alabama is has become home to me. Yeah, isn't that interesting? How you can grow up one place. I grew up in San Diego, never left till I was twenty three, and then proceeded. My husband joined the military. Then we moved all over the country and law school and all these different things. And it's like. It's a big wide world out there, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, for oh. sure. Well, I am so excited to chat with you about your motherhood journey today. It has been a trying one, um, as I understand yes. it, um, and also one full of miracles. And so for people that don't know you, will you just give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah. So I um, am a coach's wife, and my husband coaches varsity basketball, and we have three boys and my twins are three and a half. And then I just had a baby about four months ago and they are all three from the same round of IVF. So we, it, it took us a while to, um, have kids and we actually were told that we may not ever have biological children and went through one round of IVF locally and it was nothing short of a disaster. Um, you can oh. like listen to my full story um, over on my website, but it it was just not how it should go. And all that to say, 
very heartbreaking. We transferred three embryos that were really weak and wound up not pregnant. Mm -hmm. And in the same conversation that my doctor called to tell me I wasn't pregnant, told me that I would need an egg donor. And I was shocked. I mean, I was 27 years old and um, never thought I had an egg issue. (laughs) Um, So fast forward, um, my friends and family did a fundraiser for us to be able to do IVF again because it is not cheap. And we went out to Colorado to Colorado Center for Reproductive Medicine in Lone Tree, Colorado, and um, went through another round of IVF and got six embryos. And right now we have three beautiful boys. Yay! I'm a mom of three boys as well and currently am pregnant with my fourth boy. So I love (laughs) boy moms. That's so... I love that. I mean, I love being a boy mom so much. I'm sure you do too. It's, It's interesting because I think, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but like, I think everyone else like so badly wants a girl for us it's just interesting like the desires that everyone else has for you and I'm like I love being a boy mom it's truly the best thing um and I to be fully transparent would not really know what to do with a girl no and and when once you get the children that you were meant to have it's like well of course of course you're in our family and actually with this fourth one I mean, I knew I in my heart of hearts, like if, if, we were, if we're going for a fourth, like we need to want a baby, not want a specific gender, right? Because right. you just never right. know. And with three boys, goodness only knows, like it's probably a boy. <laughs> but my kids, they were really hopeful for a sister. And so when we found out it was a boy, they were legitimately disappointed. And oh. the, the funny thing was they, they blamed the doctor because I'm like, well, I'm really sorry, but... You know, that's just the way it is. And they're like, well, why are you sorry? It's the doctor's fault. <laughs> Which I found funny. So funny. But Kids I just but I just said, you're going to meet your little brother and you're going to be like, yep, he's ours. And, yeah, then, and there's one never the crew, a question. You know? Exactly. And I think there's just such an importance in raising good young men these days, yes. especially. Yes. So I, I take that very, very seriously. Yes, I do too. I was honestly really intimidated when I found out the twins were boys, both boys. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like just, I just felt in that instant, the weight of that calling yeah. of raising men and it's a heavy calling, but it's, it's, it's something the world desperately needs. And I'm honored to be chosen to raise men. So it's, it's fun and wild in our house as I'm sure it is in yours. Oh, the, just the volume, the volume (laughs) and the amount of physical interaction. Just hush for one minute. Right. Just slow your body down. Is that possible? Oh my gosh. I've learned that there's a difference in yelling and having to raise your voice loud enough to get above their volume level. Sure. Yep. To just get their attention. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like girl, mom, I'm not yelling at my kids. (laughs) I'm just raising you have to match the volume level to just get their attention and then you can bring it back down and rein it in but 
I mean, yeah, yeah, the volume level is is out of control. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can only, my oldest is 11, and we're entering that phase of, like, eating grown adult meal sizes versus the kids' meal and things like that. And Uh I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. I'm here for it. Wow. Okay, you're a few steps ahead of me. Yeah. That's so fun. fun. You have that to look forward to. Hey everyone, wanted to jump in and thank a show sponsor, and that is Love Every. Watching your little one learn and grow is the best feeling in the world, but finding the right toys to help them grow can be really challenging, especially when they all make loud noise and you want to remove all the batteries, right? Well, that's what led me to find Love Every. Love Every is a toy subscription box that is so incredible because these play kits are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. So you can literally choose the age span of your child and you will get this hand curated quality box of toys and activities for your child and a play guide that will actually help you know how to interact best with your child with these activities and play things. It is so amazing. My favorite right now for Baby Cooper are these play mitts and they're little mitts that go on his hand and they're crinkly and it's so great because he's not gripping things yet but he loves clapping and waving his hands and so it makes the perfect amount of noise for him and yet it doesn't light up, it doesn't have music or batteries, it's just perfect. So take the guesswork out of your child's play and choose Love Every today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kit at loveevery.com slash E-E-P. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash E-E-P for free shipping. Loveevery.com slash E-E-P. This is great for your little one or the perfect baby shower gift. Check them out. One of the heartbreaking things that I really sympathize um, with women and my friends and things like that that have been through the infertility journey and along that path is the expense of it as well as the loss of it, right? Like we give a lot of credit to, you know, the, the feeling of loss and the betrayal of body and, you know, all those different complex like emotions and everything, but then to also know how much you've financially invested in it so then to have that depleted as well as hope as well as your eggs as well as all these things that's complicated that's complicated it's so complicated and it's it's just like one of the most heartbreaking journeys a woman can walk because it's what we were created to do and when it doesn't work like it's supposed to I mean there's just an immense amount of amount of shame and all these feelings of just devastation over really like you you walk through grieving like tangible losses when you miscarry or lose a pregnancy at any stage or lose a baby but then there's also in this journey the intangible losses of like a dream and what mm-hmm. you thought your life was gonna look like and you have to grieve both you have to it it really is a strange thing and something really hard to explain to somebody who's never walked this road is you know like when we lost our first three embryos we were we never were pregnant like we never got a positive pregnancy test Mm -hmm. and like explaining my level of heartbreak to somebody grieving this intangible loss was really hard for me. Like I felt so misunderstood 
like people didn't understand why I was so sad, you know, and Mm. I've just realized there is such a piece of this of grieving, like tangible and intangible losses and, and the financial, like grieving the, the loss of your finances is so real in this journey. I mean, we, the first round, we paid $15,000 cash out of our savings account for this. And, you know, having a baby should, someone told me once, like it should be fun and free. And when you walk this road, there's nothing free about it. And then the second round, it was closer to 40 grand with like the travel and the testing and lodging out there and frozen embryos and just all the things. And it's like, who has this kind of money? I tell tell my husband all the time, like our kids might have to pay for their own cars and their own college, but we, because they cost us a lot of dang money. (laughs) I mean, like they were not free, like a lot of these other babies. So sorry, you're here, but you got to college dude absolutely absolutely and depending upon your individual circumstances and your privacy level and just all these different things it's also kind of a weird thing to bring up in conversation because until you have something tangible to kind of talk about or something like that it's a weird thing to just you know out of the blue you know bring up to a friend like you know these are the treatments I'm going through or we didn't get pregnant or and, and then and then also even if people are sympathetic or understanding in the short term, like long term, you still have long term grief effects and even trauma that continue to be a part of your norm, whereas everybody else's life kind of goes back to normal. Totally. And I actually have a very like tangible example of this. Like so many people think like, once you have babies that you're just over it. You're healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's like, okay, so I went to this girl's night probably a year ago, and everyone was standing around, and I'm 34, so most of my friends are done having kids, and they were all standing around talking about vasectomies and, like, how much when they're – her husband had a vasectomy, it, like, changed their sex life because they didn't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. And I literally just stood there, like, uh, speechless because, like, while I'm sure that is, like, hard in its own way of, like, wondering at any point if you're going to get pregnant, it's not my reality. Like, I've never truly experienced that. And it was just another moment of, like, okay, wow, I don't fit in in this club and I have no clue what that's like. And it's another example of, like, wow, this was the normal story was not our story Mm. and how it should be. Um, it wasn't for us. And I just felt like in that moment, really like grief wash over me all over again. Um, just over how our story played out. And so, yeah, it, it is something that you carry with you truly for the rest of your life. I mean, you don't, move on from this you move forward with it and I mean as as heartbreaking and devastating as it is and I I fully recognize that not everyone's story ends like mine not everyone gets kids at the end of their journey Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes their answer is no and that's so incredibly devastating Um, but yeah it's it's something that you carry with you forever and I I truly pray that I don't 
ever that I do have continual reminders of that because there are moments that the, the depth of the pain feels distant now because I'm such in the throes of motherhood, but I pray, I truly pray that I never forget what it felt like to be in that stage because it's shaped me and made me into who I am. And for that, I'm grateful for it. So yeah, um, Mm -hmm. it is something that a lot of women, most women, I would say carry with them forever. And that's really hard. Yeah, that is so powerful to remember, Megan. And I'm sure, you know, your friends wouldn't have really even had any idea that that would have been a trigger point conversation. Right. Right. And it just makes me think like of, of a variety of topics that we might bring up or discuss kind of flippantly or, right. you know, begrudgingly, whatever it is when one person sitting there might be thinking, well, I'd give anything for that. I'd give anything for that to be my issue (laughs) versus something else. And I mean, you can fill in the blank. I mean, right now it feels like you can't, nobody can say anything right, (laughs) right, right right now. Right. But like to that note, it's like people can't walk around on eggshells and just like worried about any little thing that they might say to offend somebody because like we're all going to say the wrong thing at some point. And that's where grace comes in and we just have to be able to apologize and, or or just say like, I I didn't know. I I truly didn't know. And my intentions were not to hurt you. And I think we have to also on the other side, be a little less sensitive. Like I, I think that it is really hard when you're walking through infertility because people do say all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, I'm like, just educate yourself a little bit on what this might be like for them. But on the other hand, it's like they, you have to recognize that they don't for the most part, I'm not speaking for everybody, Mm -hmm. but like for the most part, they are not intending to hurt you. They truly care about you and love you. And this is their way of trying, even though like a lot of times it's easy to think, right. can you try a little bit harder? Can you like Google IVF and at <laughs> least know the major terms? But right. I mean, it, it is on both sides. Like we've got to find a way for people to feel the freedom to mess up and apologize. And his my, like the friends that I was standing around talking to, like they had no idea mm-hmm. and honestly would be devastated if they knew that I felt that way. Right. And right. Um, they were not at all intending to hurt me. It was just one of those moments that was hard. And yeah, yeah. So thankful for Grace. (laughs) Yeah. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in again and thank another show sponsor, and that is Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods is, well, you honestly just have to check it out to see, but it's an online shop filled with unique, totally unexpected gifts. And when I say unexpected, I mean truly original things you won't find anywhere else. And with Father's Day coming up on June 20th, don't forget, I know this is the perfect time for you to check out their site. I ordered a beautiful floral necklace 
while it's not a gift for my husband, it was a little token of love for myself because when I saw it, I thought it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. So unique and it is the, just the perfect place for supporting artists and small independent businesses, which we all love doing. I know you do. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They don't sell products made with leather, feathers, or fur, and so you can feel really good about it. It's a Brooklyn-based company that's all about giving back, and they will actually give a dollar back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash EMP. That's uncommongoods.com slash EMP for 15% off. Don't miss out on this offer. Uncommon goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Now let's get back to it with Megan. Your new book, Give Grace, How to Embrace the Beauty of Life's Brokenness. It makes me think like initially the title, Knowing Your Infertility Journey, strikes me as, you know, grace in in handling that really difficult road. But also in that exact instance with your friends, giving yourself grace too for the fact that those feelings came up in the way that they did and not necessarily holding it against your friends or bringing it up, but, but allowing that to process through you. And I'm sure you would have spoken up if you felt like it was something that really needed, you know, correction or something like yeah. that. But in that instance, it was more of a matter of, oh, wow, like I'm, st- I'm still in it. <laughs> like I'm still in the thick of this yes. and, and, and that's, yes. and that's okay to feel that way. If it's holding you back, that's something else to kind of look at and process through. But in, you know, in those moments of, of being triggered or having those conversations and having the feelings resurface, we have to have grace for ourselves for the big things and even those small things. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's what I share about in the book is like it. It's just like we've got to create the safe space for ourselves and for others to mess up and and to not hold ourselves to these impossible standards and and to grieve the things that we need to grieve. I mean, it the grief will resurface at some point if we don't deal with it. And I think in our society today, it's so easy to just numb the pain with something, mm-hmm. um, and, or like find a distraction to numb the pain. And s- instead of dealing with it, because facing the pain and dealing with it is totally the harder way. And so, but if we recognize that this is going to rear its head again mm-hmm. and again and again, if we don't deal with it and we don't take the time to grieve, then it, I don't know, it just like makes it that much more important. And, and when you stop to think about it more obvious that like, okay, this is going to suck, but I've got to do this. I've got to do this hard work now so that it doesn't blow up at somebody. I mean, you, I'm sure we've all had those moments where, whether it's like grief or anger or whatever your feeling is that you're stuffing down, and then somebody, some innocent person says the wrong thing and you just unload on them. Yeah. And it's not anything that they did or said. It's like everything that's been building up that you haven't dealt with right. comes out on them. And they're just like, whoa, that was an overreaction. And you're like, okay, well, really that had nothing to do with you. But I mean, it just goes back to not dealing with our stuff and not grieving the things that we need to grieve. And 
even like the little things like grief is such a heavy word and it seems like silly to grieve the loss of a dream, but we have to do that. And I think that also helps like manage our expectations of ourselves and others, which is really helpful in motherhood in general. Um, and especially in the journey to motherhood. Yeah. And it makes me think here you are on this journey of re-envisioning your life, your future, the way you dream, things like that. And then your husband is also on this journey as well. And people are certainly entitled to process things differently, to respond differently, things like that. What did you learn about you as a couple in your marriage about walking alongside somebody else that, you know, may have a different experience with the same exact event? Like, is there anything that helped you through that time? Yeah. I mean, I think just like first and foremost, recognizing that we're different people and that we're going to deal with this differently and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to give each other the space and the freedom to grieve and deal with this, how we need to deal with it. And then secondly, I would say also like having an outlet to talk about it. Like I'm a verbal processor Mm -hmm. and I realized the importance of having somebody apart from my spouse that I could talk to about this so that I wasn't constantly dumping on him. Like I, it's important for us to talk about this and for us to be on the same page about things. But if that was all we ever talked about it, I think that's where problems come in. And so especially with my husband, who's a man, a few words, like he, if I was just like constantly, like, that's all I talked about, just dumping my sadness on him. It would have really like, I think there would have been a really big wedge in between us. And, um, I think another thing too, is just like making sure you're on the same page. Like with something like infertility, there's so many different decisions all along the way that you're going to have to make and some really impossibly hard decisions. And as best you can trying to get on the same page about those things. And like, even for us, I mean, we shared our infertility journey in the middle of it, which is not super common. I mean, especially six years ago, um, most people, if they share, they share on the other side, as I call it, um, like when they have their happy ending. And so because we chose to share in the middle of it, unsure of how it would, and, and no matter how you choose to share, if you choose to go down that road, making sure you're on the same page about like, what details are we going to share? Are there pieces of this story that we want to keep to ourselves? And, um, we have, we have made those decisions. Like these are parts of our story that I've never shared publicly. And, um, those are pieces like as public as our story is, there are like, we decided that there's pieces that we're going to keep to ourselves. And, and that is like how we honor and love each other through it. So, um, yeah, I would say those things helped us a ton and honestly too, find ways to laugh together. I mean, I can't even tell you how many doctor's appointments we were in and we were just like looking at each other and would bust out laughing. And I'm sure the doctor walked in and is like, wait, (laughs) y'all are trying to have kids. Like you're so immature, (laughs) but it's just those moments that are like so heavy that if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. 
and they're just horrible. And I'm so thankful for a husband that I can laugh with. And even on the darkest days, like finds ways to make me laugh. I mean, that truly is so healing. That is such a great reminder. And I've also heard from people who've gone through loss or really challenging things where they often feel guilt around having joy or laughing or living any sense of normalcy really in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of trauma, um, in the middle of grief. And it seems universally that they had to learn and push through that to realize life is only worth living if you continue to be able to show up. You can still hold a space for that grief and, and cry when you need to and you know, not get out of bed when you need to, but you can also live your life. Yes. Too. And I mean, I, I say a lot that grief and joy can coexist. Yeah. And I think there's just like this misconception in the society that we live in that they're mutually exclusive. And like, you can't, you cannot feel grief and joy at the same time. It's like, for example, in this journey, particularly, um, when you're walking through infertility, pregnancy news is just hard. Right. And it's not that I think it's so easy for the sharer of the news to feel like, well, that, well, she's just not happy for me. Like she wants a baby and I have a, or I'm having a baby. So she's just like jealous or whatever to make it about something that it's not. And it, it's truly, I would say in most cases, that's not it. Like, but your story is a reminder of how broken hers is and grief and joy can coexist. Like she can be happy for you and sad for her at the same time. Yeah. And also like we just, I, I call it in the gender reveal society <laughs> that we live in. There's these, in my opinion, crazy expectations that we put on people for what joy should look like. And so often like nothing of uh, uh, nothing below like cartwheels and confetti and <laughs> flips over news of any kind is acceptable. And when somebody's in a season of grief, like joy looks different and like we're not called to do toe touches and do cartwheels and spray confetti in people's faces over, over news. Like you can still be happy for somebody and show it with a smile or yeah. a, a smile through tears or a hug through tears. Like that does not mean you're not just because you cry or are sad over your story or can't, can't talk about the news today. It does not mean that you don't feel joy for that person. And I think there just needs to be a whole lot more grace in that and the expectations we put on people. Hey everyone, wanted to thank a final show sponsor, and that is Felix Gray. So you've heard me talk about them already, and I'm actually wearing them right now as we speak. Five years ago, Felix Gray realized our eyes weren't meant to look at screens all day, and they designed glasses to make daily screen time more comfortable and the workday more productive. Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on the eyes and disruptive to sleep. I need all the sleep I can get, guys. Get yourself a pair of glasses made for the 21st century and designed for modern, hardworking eyes. And the thing is, they can also make these glasses with your prescription. So I had bought some cheap Amazon ones, and they were fine. 
But when I tried on Felix Grays with my prescription, it totally solved it because before I, was, I would literally have to put my glasses on, my like regular prescription glasses and the blue light glasses over it, not a great look. So the fact that I could have this all-in-one quality glasses and these glasses are so comfortable and well-made and they come in lots of different frames, you are gonna want Felix Grey glasses. So, so get yourself a pair of glasses made for the 21st century and designed for modern, hardworking eyes. You have nothing to lose except maybe ice train. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash EEP for the best blue light glasses on the market. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash EEP. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. FelixGreyGlasses.com slash EEP. Let me know which frames you get. If I am pregnant and I know my friend would like to be pregnant or they've recently suffered a loss or they just found out they can't conceive on their own or things like that, how best do I approach that? How do I remain sensitive and also not feel guilty for my own season that I'm in? That's a probably one of the most common questions that I yeah. get. And it's such a good question. I do have a free resource on my website called the infertility sisterhood.com. That is Perfect. how to tell a friend walking through infertility that you're pregnant. Thank you. <laughs> and it's so helpful. Like, so I'm just going to give you a brief overview, but it, so basically you need to approach this conversation and make it all about them. Like this should not be about you. It should be about them. And I, I just believe when you're the one experiencing joy and you're approaching somebody who's in a season of grief, your heart should take the back seat. Okay. And for a moment, you should make it all about them. And like, how, how can I love you through this? How can I include you? What, what is going to be hard for you? What is not going to be hard for you? I would say lower your expectations of that person. Um, you cannot expect the same things from that person that you do from everyone else. Um, mm. I would tell them in a safe, sp a safe space, either um, text them or if you feel that super impersonal, like go over to their house where they're alone and in a space where they feel the freedom to cry um, and tell them there. Mm. Um, let them cry and, and be okay with it truly be okay with it and be confident that the tears are not because she's not happy for you. Right. Um, I think just so often when there's hurt feelings, it's like from a place of selfishness because you didn't receive the reaction that you felt you deserved. And mm -hmm. that's, in my opinion, super unfair to somebody walking through grief. Um, yeah. I think you have to have very low expectations and genuinely mean that. Um, and just ask, like, if you don't know what to say or don't know what to do, that's okay. Um, just ask, like, how can I encourage you through this? Like how, what would make this, I, I recognize that this is hard. Um, how can I make it easier on you? And then also like one of the biggest pieces of advice I would say is you need to go ahead and grieve before you have that conversation, how you thought this was going to go. Mm. Um, I think so often we have, like, for example, if it's your best friend, I mean, you had dreams too of telling your best friend that you are pregnant and it would be this joyous time. And 
then her infertility is robbing her and you of the experience that you dreamed of. And as hard as you think it is for you, it's a thousand times harder for her. Trust me. And so you need to grieve that too. Like you need to um, allow what you envisioned for this conversation to be. You you need to let it die. Like the, let those dreams die and grieve that. Hmm. And then approach the conversation with a fresh um set like a fresh set of eyes and and a fresh heart to to just be there and meet her where she is so yeah yeah. that's great yeah so the infertility sisterhood is a community supportive community of women supporting one another throughout this journey and i mean that resource sounds super amazing what else can people find there Yeah, so it is an online free community for women walking this road. And there's a lot of people in the community who are on the other side that just have a heart for loving on women in this journey. So we pray for each other. We encourage each other. We share hard days. And and it's a place where, like, if you're not ready to show up as yourself because no one else knows you're walking through this, it's fine. Right. Uh, make up a name. You don't have to disclose who you really are. Um, you can just be an observer where you read everyone else's posts and don't ever say anything or share anything. That's fine. Or you can be a sharer and you can show up as yourself. I mean, it's truly a safe place on the internet for people to feel less alone and to be themselves and to say, I've had a hard day or or I, I had a great day and I got good news. Like we're just there to um, raise our hands and say, I get it. And I'm sorry. Mm. Um, so yeah. And it's, um, it's a evol- evolving ministry of mine. Um, you know, I've really wrestled over the years of like having this heart for w- women walking through anything hard. Um, but God just keeps calling me back to this place, right? Like the, the infertility, um, the, the woman walking through infertility, like that is, I, I truly believe that's why I walked through it. Um, so that I could love on those women on the other side and be a voice for them when they feel like they don't even know how to say how they feel. Um, so yeah, more, so many more resource resources are coming, but there's resources on our website, for women walking through infertility and for people who have a friend walking through it. So we just hope that we can give encouragement and prayer and be a safe place for people to say, like, I don't know what to say to my friend. How do I handle this? That we want a place to educate people and to say like, thank you for, for taking the time to make this step and, and say, I need help. Like that's really cool. And you're an awesome friend. So, yeah. yeah. That is so tremendous. What an incredible resource for women going through this. And I would even think, you know, for me, if I popped on and and my friend's going through this and I want to have a little bit more insight um, into what she's experiencing, just like you said, being an observer of that um, would be really powerful. So, wow, that's so, so great. So your new book, Give Grace, How to Embrace the Beauty of Life's Brokenness, Who's this book for and what do you hope people take away after reading it? 
I would say this book is for any woman of any age that is walking through a hard season. Maybe you're struggling with, I don't know who I am. I'm trying to find myself or I'm trying to figure out my calling in life or Maybe I just received devastating news. I'm walking through a breakup or the loss of a career or the loss of a dream. Um, I just received a devastating medical diagnosis. Um, You know, just somebody who is waking up finding themselves like in this moment of, is this really my life? Like this is not what I envisioned it would be. And how do I bring myself out of this and like get to the other side of this mountain that I'm facing. Um, so as you dig into it, I mean, I obviously share my story of infertility and my story of just my faith becoming my own and, um, just stepping into knowing what I believe and being able to stand on what I believe. Um, but I just, pray for each reader as they journey through the book that they walk away on the other side just so confident in the grace that we've been given and that we can then give ourselves and to other people. I just feel like this world that we live in would be a different place if we could all show a little bit more grace. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you said it's grace for others and grace for ourselves, right? Yes. yes. And, I mean, uh, yeah. so often we hold ourselves to an impossible standard. Yeah. And, um, and, and I find myself holding others to impossible standards, too. And being able to say I was wrong, like that's a lost yeah. art in in this world. I was wrong and I'm sorry. Um, even if, or, or just saying I'm sorry for hurting you, even if you weren't wrong necessarily, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Um, that goes a long way. Those simple words are really powerful. It does. Oh, amazing. Okay, so where can people find you online, Megan? Where can they connect with you and definitely pick up your book? Yes, um, you can find me at megansmalley.com or the infertility sisterhood.com. Um, I'm at Megan Smalley on Instagram, and I also run a gift and lifestyle brand called Scarlet and Gold. So that's kind of the product side of all the things that I do. So we sell like t shirts and phone cases and and journals and things to just keep you encouraged in the mm. middle of the season that you're in. So, awesome. yeah. Awesome. So good. Well, Megan, this has been such an inspiring conversation, so insightful, and I hope people listening will feel a little bit more equipped to better support friends that are going through something like this. And if you are walking through this right now and you are listening to know certainly that you're not alone and just validating how complex it really all is as you, as you journey through this, I always ask my guests one final question and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Girl, you have no idea how much time you have on your hands. <laughs> and don't ever say you're tired again, please. <laughs> but just but seriously, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, those are so true. But just enjoy that season. I mean, I our our journey to motherhood took longer than most um but we have that get that you don't ever get that time back with just your spouse and 
um, it is a gift and it lays such a foundation for how you step into motherhood. So enjoy it. Enjoy everything that that season brings. Yeah, absolutely. So good. So good. Thank you, Megan, for sharing today. Best of luck in all of your ventures. And Thank you for having me. Oh, congratulations on those cute, cute boys. Holy Thank moly, you. are they darling. <laughs> Thank you. How much did you love Megan? If you or anyone you know is going through infertility, I want you to know you are not alone and there are so many resources out there. In addition, we've covered this topic a lot on the podcast and you can go to extraordinarymomspodcast.com and type in the search bar infertility and all of the episodes about infertility will pop up, including episodes with Jenica Parcell from A Slice of Style and now A Slice of Sun where she is helping other women through their infertility journey that she has been on as well. And excitedly, Jenica has also just started pursuing her baby number three, hopefully. And we just wish her all the best. And we're so grateful for you for listening today. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dahlquist3 or on Facebook, the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks to Megan again for coming on the show. Definitely check out her book. And we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.